Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, I'm here today with Jeff Lightsey Jr. from uh, Ball Sports. And, and Jeff is um, one of the best sports commentators I know, one of the uh, strongest, smartest guys I know, and uh, really good at what he does. And uh, today we're going to talk about Deion Sanders. And uh, Deion did an interview today that uh, Jeff sent over to me, and I think that it got Jeff kind of going a little bit. <laughs> and uh and i and i listen to it I, I have a couple things i'm gonna add into that but i'm, I'm gonna let jeff kind of guide that part of the conversation so he can brief us on what sanders said but before i begin i want to welcome everybody and uh ask you when you come in please hit the thumbs up button also shout out what city you're from let us know what city you're from uh so i can shout out your city back and i want to ask jeff how you doing today man i'm doing great dr boyce i'm doing great uh just Anytime you hear, you know, negative stereotypical talk about your people, it, 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 it fires me up. Let me just say it, put it like that. <laughs> ah, fires you up. Okay, okay. So Jeff is fired up. All right, so Lisa from Jacksonville, Florida. Alvin from St. Louis. I see you in there. Yeah, and as you guys come in, uh, just uh, let us know what city you're from. Also, hit the thumbs up button. And, uh, okay, so let, let's, let's start off. So Deion Sanders, we, we're talking about him again. And uh, I think for good reason. I think Dion deserves uh, the attention that he gets because he's an extraordinary coach. And as you all know, Dion left uh, Jackson State University to go to the University of Colorado. That was a controversial decision. Uh, we won't rehash that too much. But at the same time, uh, he's been doing some interviews lately. And uh, some of those interviews have been inspiring people. And some of the interviews have been getting on people's nerves. Uh, and in fact, some people think that, uh, that, he, that he left, not just left Jackson, but kind of you know, took a lot of things with him that uh, that Jackson needed. And, uh, and I'm going to ask Jeff about all that because Jeff is uh, a, a premier expert on HBCU sports and things like that. So he can kind of brief us and fill us in. So, Jeff, uh, this interview, what made you send this interview to me in the first place? Well, the reason why I sent it is because, of, I mean, in the first couple of minutes, you could just hear the tone change, right? You can just hear the tone going from, you know, these almost like from when he was in Jackson and we knew this was coming. It's just funny to watch it play out in real time. Right. If you never knew who Deion Sanders was, you just been following him since he became a college football coach. It was December of 2020. You would have thought he was the next Malcolm. <laughs> he was the next Fred Hampton or whatever, because the way he spoke was very pro black, pro us. Pro come play from the black man at the black school in the black part of town in the blackest city in America, Jackson, Mississippi. He went from that to all lives matter. <laughs> he literally, he literally like did a complete 180. And I, and I, I, you know, you see this all the time, right? Like, and you've spoken about this at great lengths. When, when, if you're an independent, if you're an independent like person, right? And you are independent and you're grinding and you're doing great as an independent, right? There's somebody that can come and invest a ton of money in you that your, you know, $1 million operation to turn it into a $100 million operation. But you know what happens in the process is you no longer own it. And it no longer comes off as authentic. And it no longer comes off as real. And so now to go from Jackson, where they were almost like a mom and pop shop or independent organization or independent entity, and see them continue to grow. That mom and pop shop got Beyonce to wear their, it's like a clothing brand, an unknown clothing brand that got Beyonce to wear it, right? Or unknown uh, unknown restaurant that got, you know, Jay-Z to walk in, right? Like you were, that's what like Travis Hunter and some of these big time players were when they went to Jackson. 
But then you go to Colorado, and now instead of saying, you know, come play, why can't our people go to the NFL from HBCUs, or why can't our people play for our people? And instead you go from that to, well, I didn't, God didn't call me to coach one ethnicity. <laughs> it's literally his words. God didn't call me to just work for do right for one ethnicity. I love, I do things for all kinds of ethnicities, white, black, Hispanic. You know, that's literally all lives matter wrapped up. I mean, it's literally, that's literally the playbook. It's like somebody said, handed him a playbook and say, go on TV and say this. We know because Channing, Channing talk, he was a part of I Am Athlete. And I Am Athlete interviewed Dion when he first got the job at Jackson. And Channing, he's no, he, he made no mistakes about it. He said, Prime, I love the concept of what you're talking. He said, but you're not going to be around long enough to make that happen. All this stuff you're talking about, you're not going to be there long enough. And why would I be in, because he was a five-star player at a high school and he went to the University of Florida. He said, why would I, if I'm a five-star or if my son's a big-time prospect, why would I send my son to play for you at Jackson when y'all, you know, y'all don't have X, Y, and Z, the resources, essentially. When I know at Florida, they eating steak and lobster every night. Like, I know that. You know what I mean? Like, he said, basically, because I was. And that was 20 years ago. So I know that they're doing it. They're definitely doing it now. And Dion gave him all this list of reasons. All these reasons, right, why they should come play for him or whatever. And Channing, and that's the same guy two years later, kind of, you know, smiling. He's like, I told you you wouldn't be there very long. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you said that because you believed in me. You said that because you said, like, yeah, but I also knew that almighty dollar. He didn't say this, but, he, you know, we always thinking it. Yeah, but that almighty dollar came and got you. And now your whole messaging is changing. It just comes off as very, very inauthentic. And that's what's upsetting. Mm, interesting. Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to tell you with Dion. Um, I, I, I hear I hear what you're saying. And, and I and, and the thing is, that I want to try to frame the things that I might say about Dion in a way that's not sort of, you know, bent on this idea of whether or not he should sacrifice any portion of his career, you know, for HBCUs. Right. Uh, I mean, you can be pro-black and not coach at HBCU. Uh, I think that that's, you know, that that's that that can be stated. Um, I think that what you're hitting on, though, when you talk about the almighty dollar, that really I mean, that's where, you know, that's what I do. That's what I study. That's what I have you know focused my life on is money and how money changes behavior. Money affects money can make. Think about it. If a woman money can make an ugly man handsome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> money, money can make you, uh, you know, make people kill each other. <clears throat> uh, you know, people lose friends over money. Money is very powerful. Money is uh, it's as powerful as gravity or anything else. It's in, in outer space. They have something called dark energy. I don't know if people know this, but I think that like ninety eight point six percent of all the energy in the solar system cannot be detected. They, but they know what's there. They see the presence of it, but they can't detect it. And that's what they call dark energy. So money, just like they have the term dark money, money that kind of moves politics and you don't even see it, but it's really moving everything. Well, you got dark money in terms of moving uh, the, the, the attitudes and actions of dark people and, and non-dark people throughout the world in the sense that if you take away the money, you take about that one variable out of Colorado, you take away the money, there is absolutely no reason on this earth. Deion Sanders would want to go to Colorado. Um, I just got back from Colorado. Just the altitude alone gets on my nerves. Um, you know, I saw a couple of black people out there. There are a few out there. Uh, I, I've never been to Boulder. I was in Denver, and I got I got I, I met some brothers and sisters in Denver. They know me and all that. But Boulder, no. All right. So there's nothing about. Give me a yes or no if y'all understand what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you can at least agree with this particular point. That 
if you took away the money, that there is no Colorado in Deion Sanders' picture. Their God does not call him to Colorado if Colorado ain't got a bag of money, right? So, so, so effectively, what you're saying is that, and, and, and we all go through this. We all go through this as black people. A lot of y'all work with white folks that you would never normally be around if you weren't getting the money <clears throat> that you needed to pay your bills or whatever, right? So the money is the motive. He had that song, must be the money. <laughs> well, he needs to be singing that song every day because that's all it is. Must be the money. You know, so stop talking about, you know, God told me to do this and God said that and, and Jesus walked through the river and the came <laughs> across the ocean and the lake and, and it was in the Bible that Josiah 2-5-6 Negro, shut up, dude. Like, I like you. I, do. I don't mean to say it like that. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's, it's the money. That's it. It's the money. Shannon Crowder went. He went to Florida because of the money. Now Shannon Crowder, he's he's sometimes he says stuff that's a little bit questionable. I remember he said that crazy stuff about future and Russell Wilson that made me wonder, you know, where his value system. But 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 at least you can give him credit for the fact that he is honest about the about slavery. He's honest about the fact that the black man has no free will in this country if he is only chasing the money because guess who has all the money in America? Who has which group? White men, black men, white women, black women. Y'all answer me in the chat. <laughs> answer me in the chat. Which group has the most money in America? White men, black men, white women, or black women? Who's got the majority of the wealth in this country? Answer me in the chat. Okay, so as you're answering that question, we, we know who it is. It's the white man, right? So here's my point. You claim God is telling you to do this. Well, I'm a man. I'm going to do what I want to do. But then, but the white man's like, hey, Negro, I got a couple of nickels <laughs> over here for you. Got some, got some candy for you. You get in the back of the van, little boy. And, you, and you're like, okay, well, so, so guy could be yelling in your ear. No, go help your people. Go help your people. Go help your people. Go help your people. But you, but you can't hear that because you got a different God. You got a different God. Your God is not the God in the Bible. Your God is the God at the bank. <laughs> the, the bank is your church, man. And, and, and I'm not dogging it. I get it. Money matters. But that's the God you're hearing. You heard the God of capitalism because you can't nobody in this room, what, no matter how you feel about this Dion Dion's decision, I mean, that's all his right. No, Absolutely. God, nobody in their right mind would say that he would go to the University of Colorado if it wasn't for this. What say you, Jeff? No, not at all. And And the thing is, see, the thing that I, and that's the thing. If it was just that cut and dry, then boom, just say it's that cut and dry. See, this is typically how coaches who get who leave one job and go to another job speak, right? If I say, hey, uh, you know, Jeff, like, you know, what's it like being at, you know, being with the, the Black Boss channel, working with Dr. Boyce or whatever, and, and you say I just left, you know, over here. Say I, I left, you know, at, you know, Louisville, University of Louisville to work for the Black Business School. And I'm like, yo. You know, Louisville was a great time. We had fun. But over at the Black Business School, you know, we, we reach a million black people a month. We do this. We do that. Like, this is what we're doing. This is even if I haven't started, even if I'm very new, I'm like, yo, they sold me on the fact that, you know, I speak to black people every single day. They sold me on the fact that I get to do this. You big up what you're doing now. It's like, yo, what we did at Louisville, it was special. But at the Black Business School, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's different. You know, it just feels different. I, you know, it tastes different. It's like different from every each and every aspect, blah, blah, blah. I don't keep harping back on Louisville after I say that. Like, yo, we had fun. Thank you for the opportunity over here. And then you just keep it going that way. But when you add all the other stuff, 
that's what sours the people on, on everything else, like adding things to to the extent of nobody got mad at the Jeffersons when they moved up. It's literally came out of his mouth. Nobody got mad at the Jeffersons when they moved up. So essentially you're saying, okay, oh, okay, because you moved up because you left you left the black school. You know what I mean? And, and what what why it's dangerous, right? Why it's so dangerous is because people that see, you know, my platform, they might, you know, might reach, you know, 100,000 or so, might reach a few people. People that see your platform reach way more people. But the people that see the Pivot Podcast or Good Morning America or whatever are greater numbers. And so when you spew dirt, on black people, because really the HBCU is just a microcosm of black people, right? Like it's just a placeholder. It's a filler. It's not real. It's really what you, so when Dion, who is a God amongst gods, when it comes to athletes and then when it comes to black people and a lot of white people, those dirt on the black people or the black institutions, that's like throwing dirt on the white people. So that validates all the other things that they feel anyway. Well, shit, if Dion said the niggas act like that, then of course they act. I mean, what makes me think they go act? They treating Dion like that. What makes me think they gonna treat me no different? No, they didn't treat the. That's the thing. They didn't treat him like that. But he's making it seem like things were one way when it was another, right? And that's why it's dangerous. These people with these huge megaphones, these megaphones that reach millions and millions of people each and every single day, talking bad about black people. I will. I will always fight against that. Every, especially in my space, I, I you know, I can't you say I'm gonna fight every single one of them. There's a lot of them out here, but in my space, that come across my circles. It's like, yo, no, we can't stand for that because if we let that rock, we got we're gonna have to let everything rock, you know what I mean? And so, if I'm too afraid to call out a Deion Sanders or whatever, I'm dang sure I'm not gonna call in a white man that does the same thing. So, it's like the mm-hmm. same man because, like I said, it's really HBCUs or Jackson State, they're really just a microcosm of black people. And that is dangerous when you go around saying all this bad stuff and bad talking black people because other people hear it and that justifies the way they feel and or things that they will do. And we can't have that. Mm. Well, uh, everybody, I'm talking to Jeff Lightsey Jr. uh, And we're talking about Deion Sanders uh, and his recent interview uh, where he said some things that they kind of get Jeff riled up. And Jeff is my homeboy. So I wanted to definitely Mm. interview him and get his position on some of that. And as we move on, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, if you want to follow Jeff on uh, Instagram or uh, or on Twitter, uh, he's at jlaxy7. Uh, feel free to jump in there. He'll he'll debate with you and talk to you all day Absolutely. about all, all kinds of stuff. He's always in there. And also, I want to remind everybody that this weekend, uh, the 10th and 11th, I'm going to be in Los Angeles. We're doing a Black Wealth Boot Camp. So if you'd like to join us, we're going to do two days on my uh, of a deep dive on my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. So if you'd like to join us in L.A., uh, go to boycewalkins.com. Or if you just go there, you can get a copy of the book and get a lot of free resources for your family. So feel free to take a look at that. All right. So uh, so here's what's interesting, Jeff, about some of what you you, you were kind of alluding to. Um, you know, when I, when I heard Dion talking, uh, I heard attention to this. Now, some people say, you know, you just hating on Dion. You just hating on Dion. All y'all do, y'all sitting around hating on Dion. Well, you know, here's the thing. We probably wouldn't be talking about what Dion has said or done lately if he wasn't hating on Jackson State. You know, Come on. Uh, Deion Sanders. Come on. With, with Deion Sanders right now, unfortunately, he's kind of hating on the people that, you know, they gave him an opportunity when nobody else would. You know, Jackson State didn't, you know, they don't have the money of a Colorado, but they gave him an opportunity that they may not be a perfect institution. We know that. But did nobody want Dion? How many of y'all know that? Nobody wanted Dion. When Jackson took a chance on him. So without Jackson, there would be no Colorado, you know. So in a way, it's like a relationship where a man, uh, you know, is 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 you know, walking around stinky with no teeth and don't nobody want him. And some lady scoops him up off the sidewalk and cleans him up and and and, and gets him in shape and gets it gets us uh, spends 10,000 on dental work. 
And then he meets a nice, pretty white girl. And then he runs off with her, you know, and then the whole time, instead of just saying what it is, instead of saying, hey, you know what? Uh, you were a good deal, but I found somebody better. He, he makes it into it's about you. Well, the reason that you didn't keep me is because your mindset wasn't right and you wasn't doing right. And you didn't do this right and do that right. So, so when you have this talk. And I think Doc may have may have got frozen a little bit, but he's absolutely right. Are you guys able to hear me? Okay, let me know. Now we hear. Yeah, okay, we can sorry, hear you now. That, man. I'm, I'm in a hotel, so I'm going to try to yeah, switch I understand my Now I understand but, that, but, but no, what you're saying is right. What you're saying is right, though, Doc. And the thing is, it's like, once again, that's why I said it's dangerous, some of the games that he's playing, because and, and, and he is strategic. He tells us that he's strategic. There's nothing popping in Colorado. Right, like there's absolutely no, it's not LA, they don't have no Heisman Trophy winners, they don't have no history to go off, so nothing is popping. And I don't I don't keep up with Dion really a whole lot, mainly because he blocked me. I don't know if a lot of people understand that, but he blocked me on, on social media, so I don't really I can't really even keep up if I want to. But anytime Deion Sanders goes viral, it's about something he said in reference to Jackson State and/or HBCUs. Because that's what's keeping, you know, him, Colorado, everything bubbling right now. As great as they're, they're killing it. In the, Colorado's were killing in the recruiting trail. And nobody could care less. Because it's Colorado. Nobody could care less. But as soon as he said, oh, I want my band to sound like HBCU bands. Oh, those are the clips that go viral. Right? Like, uh, see, all the clips from the pivot that are doing any kind of any kind of traction, it's anything that's referencing either black people or HBCUs. And essentially HBCUs or Jackson State or whatever. So, like, because all that stuff in Boulder, because you can't talk about the culture in Boulder. There is no culture in Boulder. You can't talk about the people in Boulder. You know, people don't look like you in Boulder. Boulder is 97% white. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. 97% white. It's snowing in Boulder right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of stuff. It's really cold. Right? So he tries to make up these things like, oh, I ain't seen a cop in three weeks when there's crimes on Colorado's campus every other day. Right? Oh, I haven't, you know, uh, it's not even that cold out here. But you got, you know, people in his camp tweeting about how freezing it is, right, in, in the spring. So, like, he's trying to make stuff up, but it's not it's not popping. But you know what is popping? Them black folks that you left. I can show you some clips from my visit to Jackson. Now, that's fun. You know what I mean? It don't look like that. It could be sold out every game in Colorado. It ain't going to look like that. You know why I know? Because I've been to sold out white institution games. And it went like that. You know, it just don't look like that. It don't feel like that. And he misses that. It's clear. It's evident. It's so evident because even in that interview, he references stuff from the internet. You know, he like a lot of a lot of coaches at that level, they don't really pay attention. Like Nick Saban ain't on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like Kirby Smart, they're not on TikTok. You know, and that's not that's not no diss to them. But they out preparing for football games. They get paid to win football games. They don't get paid to be social media celebrities. And so, and that's no, but, but Prime, not to say that he's paying attention to what's going on the, on the net. Like he's tapped into what's happening. That's, that's part of the appeal of him, right? Because he is tapped in. But it's only so much appeal that'll be interesting if you ain't winning no football games. Now, this fall, we have to wait to this fall to see what happens. But at the end of the day, like Colorado, they're going to keep – he's going to have like a longer leash than most coaches in the history of Colorado because he's making them so much money. He's making a ton of money for the university. But at the end of the day, they're going to want to see some results. And if you don't win, not to say that he won't win, but if you don't, it's going to – you're going to really – you thought them folks at Jackson did you wrong by the way you left, and that's only because of the way you left and throwing dirt in their name. But them folks at places like Colorado – yeah, they don't mess around with their coaches. You can be a beloved alumni, 
If you don't win, they don't mess around. Ask my good friend Kenny Payne here at the University of Louisville. They just mm. had a four-win season, and they're trying to give him the ax today. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's after one year. After one year. So those are the type – like, it's different at this level. Like, at, at the at the Power 5 level, all that love and hospitality, Southern hospitality especially, that you were getting from Jackson, that's not going to be the same at Boulder. And lose a couple of them first games. You're going to find out really, really quick that them videos get real old if they ain't bringing in no wins. Well, you know what, what? what's interesting? And by the way, Jeff, are you able to hear me okay? Am I coming through all right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're okay, you're good I, I switched over my Wi-Fi. But, but uh, you know, I think that what's – here's the thing, right? I, I think that w- I, I, my position is definitely one where I don't, I don't, I don't wish ill on Dion, right? I don't even want to question – I don't want to question his ability to win because I, I believed in him even before he got the job at Jackson State. I would have hired him. And, uh, and I think that he – I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to turn the tables at Colorado – largely because so many players can transfer so quickly and you can suddenly yeah. get next thing you know you got you know three or four great players from Alabama two or three from Texas A&M a, a few from you know from from uh, you know of uh, uh, Georgia you know what i mean and you know so so he's really crazy. nine players from Jackson he took nine from Jackson really Nine, nine players, eight coaches, and two security guards. <laughs> wow, man. Well, you know, and three and trainers. What I mean, I mean, it happens. You know, it just happens. It's just funny. But, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they, if how they can compete on that next level. You know, I, I have no idea, but I, but I'll say this: I think that what concerned me about his rhetoric is when you talk about mindset and you say, you know, I wanted to talk to the people at Jackson State and and see if they were ready to go to the next level, and that the mindset wasn't there. The reason you have to be careful with that, black people, and, and that that is a bit of a white supremacist statement, is because you're making the assumption that Colorado's mindset is at an elevated level. You're making Absolutely. this assumption that, oh, well, Colorado, they they got the right mindset. No, they don't have the right mindset. They have the right money, right? If, if Jackson State had Colorado's money, then Jackson State would be the ones who were saying, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's build a new stadium. Let's 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 spend more money on recruiting. Let's hire coaches for, you know, uh, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever uh, high, uh, your high level assistant coaches make. You know, right. He, they could do all these things. Right. So so it's not the mindset. It is simply what they're able to do in terms of in terms of money. And then with Shannon Crowder, you know, making that comment, basically saying, uh, I think you're going to end up at a PWI. If you, if you pay attention in the interview that Dion did, um, he, he mentioned that that, OK, Shannon made that statement because he said, because you believed in me, like you almost like you believe that I would go to the next level. So you what you're saying, don't work for white people. Right. There you go. Yeah. So you're doing so good because I because I I, I, I I see that I go through that. You you deal with that. You know, Absolutely. you're sitting over here, you're building something that's black and independent and it's going well. And then somebody says, oh, if you keep doing a good job at some point, white people are going to want to hire you. You just like, like, like we just sitting over here auditioning. I ain't auditioning for shit. You know, seriously, I'm not auditioning for uh, for white folks to realize how great I am and what I do. I know I'm good. And, and the thing is that if you have that energy, if you have that ability, then you can draw wealth and power to wherever space you're in. I, I, I don't get my inspiration from the imitators. I get my inspiration from the innovators. I, I, I went to Harvard University this week, Jeff not trying to figure out how I can get a job at Harvard, but I went to Harvard to study the founders of Harvard and how you create a Harvard, right? That's a different level. That's not the, uh, you know, the, the, that's not the Jay-Z energy. That's the mark. Uh, I encourage everybody. You 
it, it kind of going wherever the money's at. It's, it works for you. That's fine. Just make sure you understand that. They, they always have the ability to hire talented Negroes. But there are some of us who just. I told I my wife, my wife and I were joking. She said, what if they wanted us to. I think you're cutting in and out a little bit, Doc. Campus. I uh, love the school. I have nothing but respect for what they do and what they've accomplished. And she said, she said, would you want to come here and teach a hard work to do? I got important work to do. So what I'm saying is that, uh, again, I'm and I think I think you're cutting in and out a little bit, you know, Doc. I, 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 I understand. Yeah, I think I think we're cutting in a, a little bit in and out, Doc. But at the same time, I mean, I, I completely understand what he was saying. The the thing is, it's so it's it's frustrating because we understood where it was going. Like like D, what what Dion was doing at Jackson, it was literally as if he was he was creating his version of what is now McDonald's. Right. He was creating what is his now his version of Amazon. Right. Imagine if Amazon would have sold out early and never became what it is now. And that imagine if McDonald's would have sold out early or Netflix or whatever would have sold out early before they became what they are now. That is what Dion was doing at Jackson. It was beautiful to watch. We literally saw it happening before our eyes, and it was so unfortunate to see someone just come in and buy him out. And not just buy out the person, right, the coach. They actually bought out the entire thoughts, the ideas, or whatever. That's like the people that create hip-hop, right? Like we're celebrating the 50th year of hip-hop, right? But the pioneers of hip-hop are broke. All right, the pie a lot and not to say they're all broke, but some of them are struggling financially when you have major white organizations, white companies that never did nothing for hip hop except exploit it. They come and took them out of the hood, gave them a few dollars at the time, took all of their publishing or whatever, right? Signed away all their rights to their music, and they own the music where where all the, the legends own are the memories. They own the actual physical product, and all they own are the memories. And so that's like I was I was compared. I don't know if you were able to listen, Doc, but it was like, imagine if Jeff Bezos would have sold Amazon before it became Amazon. You know, imagine if McDonald's would have been sold before it became McDonald's. Like we would never have seen like that's what I think Dion was building at Jackson. That's why it's so painful, because he was building the black version of an Amazon. Right. He was building the black version of a Netflix. He was building like he was building that. Right. And it's and it's it was powerful and it was beautiful and it was it was black. You know, it was very much black. Every every range of blackness came through Jackson, Mississippi over the last two years. When it was Snoop Dogg, the rappers, actors, actresses, everything, any and everybody that was who the who's who, because a lot of people are originally from Mississippi. A lot of people, a lot of families are originally from Mississippi. So they all wanted to come. Yo. He got my state popping. He got my hometown popping. Or even he got where my parents is from popping. I got to go see that. You know what I mean? I got to go see. And it's a lot of history and a lot of prideful people in Mississippi that don't, that don't, haven't been able to experience nothing like that for a very, very long time. Right? I had somebody call into one of my live streams and say, yo, Dion, to where he was going, we hadn't seen nothing to, of that trajectory in Mississippi since Medgar Evers. 
That's literally what the man, the man was from Mississippi and told me that. He was like, yo, the way he was going, the way he had the people excited, ecstatic, we had, he was bringing people together. We hadn't seen anything like that in Mississippi since Mega Evers. And to know that he was able to be bought, he was able to be bought. It hurt. You know, I I, I agree with you 100%. Sorry, sorry everybody, about this Wi-Fi situation. The Wi-Fi strength is supposed to be strong, but I guess it goes in and out. So uh, I'm going to keep my comment short so that uh, it reminds me not to be so long-winded because I I want Mm -hmm. want you all to hear what Jeff has to say anyway. Uh, By the way, could you do me a favor? Hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, Also, uh, this is Jeff Lighty Jr. from the Black Boss Channel. And uh, I'm going to put the URL for the Black Boss Channel and Jeff's contact information. So, Jeff, you know, um, what do you think in terms of, like, do you think that this would be better if Dion just simply stopped talking about Jackson, just move on with your life and just let it go? You know, like, is that, is that what's really bothering you the most about this? Absolutely. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like, it's like falling. It's like watching somebody fall from grace. Right. Because even with the exit, even with the way he left, you know, people were, you know, feeling however they felt. You know, I I have strong feelings towards it because of the language and the verbiage that he used. Right. Using God, tugging on people's emotions. Once again, we're talking about a people from Mississippi. Right. We're talking about people that take church and the Bible Belt, all that stuff very, very seriously. We're talking about people that have that have went through a lot, you know, just coming from the state of Mississippi. And, you know, okay, he did that. He left. Boom. Just graceful exit. But it was everything else after it, including his rhetoric and his speeches, whether it was coming from his daughter, it was coming from his friends, Shannon Sharp, Uncle Luke, whatever. And now him. It's like, come on, bro. Like even the messages that he sent to me before he, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, come on, bro. Like you don't have to throw dirt on one place to big up another place. But the thing is, you're not even bigging up Colorado. Like that's the thing. Everything, anytime he does any of these interviews, all he can talk about Colorado is, is the facilities. Okay, Colorado's got nice facilities, but you know who else got nice facilities? USC and Arizona and Arizona State and UCLA and all them other big white schools in the Pac-12. They all got good facilities. Like, that's nothing new there. Like, these people that you're showing these facilities to, they go to the same other schools and see the same stuff, if not better. Oh, but you know why it's so prominent to show off the facilities? Because guess where they didn't have those facilities? They didn't have them in Jackson. Right. So it's like it's once again, another little subtle jab, another little subtle jab. Oh, you want to say mm, we got clean like one of the. <laughs> and what makes it so sick, Doc, too, is that the fact that they've already took eight or nine players from Jackson and some players that are currently still at JSU. There's coaches on the Colorado staff still trying to poach them, still trying to get them. And look at the listen to the pitch. Listen to the pitch this is what I was told. This is what I'm told from a very reliable person. Their pitch is, we have clean drinking water, clean mountain water, and we have a Jeep dealership down the street that gives NIL. So you're taking a shot at the infrastructure racism that is taking place in the state of Mississippi, in the city of Jackson, for them, you know, basically not purposely not giving them clean drinking water. And you understand that's a struggle. You lived, you lived close enough. He never lived in Jackson, but he lived close enough to understand the struggle that that is between that city and that state. And the fact that you know that they can't give the NIL that you get. So come on, man. Like, come on. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your 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 legacy that you should be leaving from an HBCU's perspective should be spotless. Even in the two years, it should be damn near spotless. You didn't lose a conference game in two years, even though you went to the national championship game and lost both games. You still did pretty freaking good. But to have now, you honestly, the fall from grace and the tarnishing of your own legacy is what's the most disappointing and frustrating. 
Yeah, you know, um, I, I think that it's uh, – I, I want everybody to, to understand this. Imagine if it were – you know, if this were like 1805. And imagine if uh, – imagine you're talking about, uh, you know, two poor, two black people that are sharecroppers. And, uh, and the white man says, you know, I'll pay you double with your current pay to come work for me. And, uh, and, and he's talking to the other sharecropper and he's trying to get him to come and work for the white man with him instead of farming his own land, building his own legacy, building his own business. What would he say? He would say stuff just like that. He would say, hey, man, you know, uh, Master Wilson got he got the best water. He, Master Wilson got the best. He, we, we eat fried chicken every night. We eat one time I ate some steaks and lobsters. You know, I mean, this ain't nothing new. The white the, the white folks been buying Negroes since since slavery, you know, and, and so um so it's it, uh it, it's something that is uh interesting because you're basically talking about this is where and the, you know I, I even take some issue with Shannon Crowder, you know ever since he made that weird comment about Russell Wilson I just said man I, I'd like to know <laughs> where you got your value system from because basically what you have in in, in the community is a lot of people are hypnotized solely by the money and and you get so hypnotized by the money that you don't have any soul you don't have anything culturally that you are connected to that is worth more to you than than just getting the bag that's where that's where the whole black community goes left that's why the black community loses that's even why your young men get shot by the cops because some of them are out here getting high and drunk and hanging out and doing nothing and ending up in stupid situations because they're trying to imitate rappers that are just chasing money, right? So effectively, when you are a black man that doesn't have a sense of purpose, a, a sense of, of connection to truly who you are, who you're meant to be, and a connection to something bigger than a, a, a dollar bill, then you're going to be floating through the earth like an empty lost soul that's just being pulled in the direction of money. Right. So or, or 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 anything that gives you pleasure, it might be money, it could be women, it could be drugs, it could be whatever, because you don't have anything that gives you a base. You don't have a base. So so, you know, so so here's the thing. It's easy to argue, like even when Shannon Crowder was saying that thing about future future being more of a man than Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> I guess that makes sense to you if you're a stupid man, like if you have no value, <laughs> sure, you can make an easy argument to say, man, look at Russell. He over working hard, taking care of kids and shit. You know, like being a good, loyal husband and shit, taking care of a family. Who the hell? That's hard work. And you know what? As a man who takes care of a family, I agree with you. It's very hard work. You know, but you know what makes me take care of my family? Because that's my base. I was raised to believe as a core value that the job of a black man is to take care of his children and to take care of his woman and to defend and to care about something other than himself. Um but some some guys are not raised with a base. They, they they don't have a base in terms of saying, okay, what is it? The, the way to check to see if you have a base is to say, is there something that is so important to you that you would never sell it? So maybe it might be like your mother. You probably never sell your mother, right? But then uh, what else is there? What else is there out there? What is it about being black, about your community that is so valuable to you that you would never give it away even for a million dollars? A lot of our people can't answer that question. And it, and it comes from how we're raised. Like we're trained to really honor white people and honor what they have. And that's how colonialism and all that work. That's how they got African, uh, certain African tribal leaders to sell other Africans to the Europeans. They were like, hey, we got this bag over here. Sell us your Negroes. You'll get this bag. You can have gold. 
everything else, you know, and, and, and because they didn't have a value system, some of them didn't have a value system that was bigger than money. Well, they just they sold it. They sold what they had, you know, and that's that's what we do. We sell everything we have because we end up worshiping the money. So let me ask you this, man. Um, before you get to that, though, Doc, before you get to that, I just I'm, I'm curious because you're someone who's operated in both of these spaces. Essentially, you you created your own school, which is something like an HBCU, but you also worked for Syracuse for a long time. And I'm sure I'm sure maybe the first or maybe even the first and second years of running the black business school, it might not have matched up to whatever you were making at Syracuse. But in the long term, wouldn't you say what you've created with the black business school and not just that and everything that came from it, isn't that like more fulfilling than if you would have spent 30 years at Syracuse, right? Like, isn't that more fulfilling that you have a legacy that will outlive you? I mean, Syracuse, they, as soon as you walked out the door, somebody else came and took that spot. And that's how to be, you know, most places. But when you create something or when you start, even if you didn't initially create it, but you start from ground zero with something and you and it goes into flourish and it goes on to flourish. And it's with a bunch of people that look like you. To me, that's a whole lot more fulfilling. But that's my question to you. Like, what what is your thoughts kind of like on that, even if using your own life for an example? Um, You know, you're right. I have achieved success in white spaces. Um, I've achieved success in, in black spaces. And. I don't blame other people for not understanding where I'm coming from, you know, because I understand where they're coming from. I totally get it. So I understand the power of money very well in ways that you can. Um, so I get it. I understand where they're coming from because I used to be the same way. And then I started thinking deeply about things like racism. And white supremacy. Now you gotta let me know, Jeff. If I go out, if I go out, just yeah, I got you. Let me yeah, know. I got you. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, so I, as I started thinking about things like racism and white supremacy, I said, "Oh, I get it now. The reason I keep losing the game is because you got me because you're choosing the game that I'm going to play. <laughs> you, you, you've got me as a black as a man with melanin in my skin playing the white man game. How to, how to be the best white man I could possibly be, which I'll never win because I can never be as good at being white as you are." Right. Uh, you know, because, you know, in, in the world of white folks, the, the, the dynamics change. There's there's more money circulating. There's there's just, you know, bright, shiny institutions and objects that have been building over three or four hundred years. It's hard as a black man to compete with that when you are the first a first generation entrepreneur. So uh, so so what I realized was I said, OK, if I really want to fight white supremacy and I really want to be seen, I want to see myself as equal and be seen as equal then I've got to stop believing that I have to follow this man around in order to have an opportunity to uh, to fulfill my purpose or to be great in anything. I, I I have to stop buying into this idea that he that this other man who's a, who's a man just like me controls my destiny. I mean, how often do you hear black people say things like, gosh, I, I could I could do it. If they would just give me an opportunity. And, and we think we're fighting racism. We're really just submitting to it. Even when James Brown said, um, I don't want nobody to give me nothing. Just open the door and I'm going to get it myself. That sounded very empowering to me when I first heard it. But then I said, wait a minute, who the fuck owns the damn door? <laughs> who, who the door that's being open for you. Why, why are you even asking permission as a man to come in and take what, what is yours? And, and, and so the reason I thought maybe I'd have some things in common with the Dion, and I do actually, I like some, I love when he talks about being a winner. 
I'm same. Not talking about same. Strong families, like all these, like so. He, I think he's great. I want him to succeed in Colorado. Absolutely. I want, I want, I want Dion to win ten championships in Colorado. I'm wishing him the best. But, but the thing that I challenge would challenge him on is Dion talks about being a playmaker. He that's what he was known for as a football player. He was known for being a playmaker, meaning he could create something out of nothing. He could take a boring situation, make it exciting. He could take a time, a, chance, a situation where, there were, where no points were going to be scored and score points, right? That to me is what a playmaker does. You're changing reality. That's a certain type of power. I don't think the black man is raised to be a playmaker in his own life. I think you're raised mm. to sit like, you're like the basketball player. You're, you're not, you think you're Michael Jordan, but really you're Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr <laughs> could not create his own shot. He had to sit and wait for Michael to pass him the ball. So, so the white man is Michael Jordan. You're Steve Kerr. You're sitting over in the corner saying, give me the ball. If you give me – and Michael's like, okay, I'm going to pass you the ball. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, boss. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, he didn't say it. He didn't say it like that. Right? He said, I'll be ready. I'll be ready, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Right, so for me, I said, no, I don't want to be the Steve Kerr of, 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 of life and, and, and racism. I don't want to be sitting around waiting for you to pass me the ball. I want to turn myself into such a playmaker <laughs> that I'm going to score points, even if you don't pass me the ball, I'll go steal the ball from the damn teammate just to make sure <laughs> I get a chance to make the shots too. So, so, I, so what my point is to say, seriously, I think with Dion, I, I, I really need us to understand it ain't just about him. It's really nah, about us as nah. black people saying, what does it really mean to be a playmaker? What does it mean for you? Remember, the power of God is in you. Right. God. One of the things about God, in my view, is there's a lot, God is complex, but but I'm, I'm a deep believer in God. I don't go to church, but I believe in God and God. One of the greatness, the great things about God is God can manifest the God in you can manifest reality. You can, you can see a vision and create it. You can decide something's going to happen and make it happen. You can make a promise and you keep it. You know, and, and so 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 to me, I'm saying, can you tap into that power of God and manifest your reality? You know, like, like it, you know, you want your children to be as powerful as those white kids down the street and as successful as everybody else. And, and you want to be successful, even if nobody offers you the job doing whatever it is that you were you were ordained to do. Well, you got to learn how to manifest. You got to learn how to create that. Right. That comes from things like starting businesses. You know, the greatest I don't get again, I don't get inspired by by Negroes with with fancy jobs. That doesn't mean anything to me because I understand how economics works. I understand that the reason you have that opportunity is because somebody gave it to you. I get my inspiration from the originators you know i go study you know how ups was created by a bunch of teenagers who are riding their bikes i go study how uh how the mcdonald's mcdonald's was created by the the, the, the mcdonald's brothers who came up with a, a really efficient way to make hamburgers and cheeseburgers right i go i go study how walt disney slaved away to build disney when nobody when after he got fired from his job and they stole his characters from him he created mickey mouse right that's the type of stuff that has me saying okay that's a playmaker situation and i don't even care if these people were racist or not it, i don't care because i don't care what you think about me my my perception of who i am as a black man is not at all shaped by what a white man said about me so sometimes you think you're fighting against racism when really you're fighting against racism you you, you become unfortunately controlled opposition so so that means that if you're sitting around wasting all your time, get mad because a white guy called you the N word, you're, you're literally you're literally wasting all the time. You could be spending just doing your thing, just get in your lane, doing your do your thing, do it well and build. And then eventually, if you if you're doing it well enough, then the world will pay attention. Absolutely.
No, no, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing. That's why I'm so quick. Like people will, will get mad at me because I push back on all these bad stereotypes for, for, from Dion. And it's mainly because he's kind of in my space. He's in, in, and like I said, HBCUs are just a microcosm, really just a, a cover word for black people. And, and the problem is if you allow people, that's how stereotypes get perpetuated, right? That's why like for a lot of black folks, you'll hear black folks. I, I heard Doc, you was the first person I ever heard that. He's like, some of the biggest white supremacists are black people. Like a lot of the biggest white supremacists are actually black people. And when you talk about things like building up black institutions or getting reparations and you hear people say, man, all black folks going to do it. They get reparations and blow it, and blow it on Gucci, Louis, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's what you would do. But I can name you about a thousand black people. If they got, this is called a hundred thousand dollars in reparations. I know what they'll do. I know they're going to take that 100000 and turn it into a 10, 15, maybe a $100 million empire. Like, that's what I know. You get what I'm saying? So, But but because they brainwashed you and used a lot of black folks to brainwash you to thinking that you ain't worth nothing, your people ain't worth nothing, your family ain't worth nothing, then you actually tend to believe that. And that's why when you go out there and say things like, well, the Jeffersons moved up, why can't I move up? Or you either get elevated or terminated. Well, that means the white people were the elevation. And, and why can't the black folks be the elevation? You get what I'm saying? Because last I checked, you didn't go from the coach to the owner or the coach to the, you know, president or whatever. You just went from coach to a coach. But you just went from a coach from a black school to a coach at a white school. That's, li that's literally it. It's not like no elevation to me. You know what I mean? It's not like no elevation. So that's what I'm saying. So when these, when these, these damn... Ah, these damn stereotypes get pushed by other black folks. That's why the narratives on things like reparations and other things that creep into your mind because you think like, hmm, if Dion said it about a black college institution where they're supposed to be the educated Negroes and, and they can't even get their business acumen or whatever right. So what if I give money to the uneducated Negroes? They really ain't going to be able to do nothing. You get what I'm saying? And if people really believe, and this is uh, reparations talk, but if, if people really believe that you would take your $100,000 in reparations and just go give it right back to the white people, they'd give it to you, right? They'd give it to you, but they know that there's a whole bunch of people that take that check and they'd leave their white people, leave their jobs and create their own thing. And so that's what I'm saying. So when, when I push back on Dion or whoever, it's because I'm pushing back and fight for our people and to make sure that our people understand that, yo, you're better than whatever they're saying about you. You're better, no matter who says it, even if it's a Deion Sanders, you're better than that. And that's all I want to say. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think I think that's a great a great point to make on this. And I think it's very important. Um, you know, I when you talk about us not thinking highly of ourselves, I mean, think about it. We 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 love calling ourselves the N-word. You know, even I had to convince myself that that was not the best thing to call. There's a million words you could use to describe yourself, but instead you choose the worst the word they used to use to lynch your your, your parents and your or your grandparents anyway. Um, you know, I mean, that's crazy to me. Like, like, why would you? Why? I mean, again, you could call yourself a donkey. You could call yourself um, a piece of chicken. You could call yourself like we could call ourselves paper. Like, whatever. We could. There's lots of things we can use to describe ourselves. But for some reason, out of all the thousands of words in the English language, we choose the one word that was used when my great great grandfather got lynched for killing a white man. You know, this really happened. My great great grandfather um, uh, beat up a white man who 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 hit his wife, and uh, they lynched him. Right, and uh, and and so thinking about stories like that reminded me, like, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, so brainwashing is deep. You know, and a lot of times we can go along with things because it appears popular. That the, the studies show that seventy percent of all people will follow the crowd, even if the crowd is wrong. 
70% of all people will follow mm. the crowd, even if the crowd is wrong. So if you're coming in here and you're mad because you are because you just think Dion, because he's a celebrity, that he must be right and all y'all just hating or whatever, I understand that. And I forgive you for you know not what you do. Uh, you're doing exactly what is predicted because celebrities are popular and the crowd is saying, yeah, you know, that anything a celebrity does is okay. You're going along with that. That has been a brainwashing trick that's been used on black people and Native American people for a very long time. They did that. They specifically put that in, in, the, in the propaganda when they wanted to um, control Native American populations. What they would do is they would get their children, take them to white schools, beat the Native American out of them. And they would tell them, you cannot speak your traditional language. You cannot wear traditional clothes. And they would teach them to disrespect their own culture. And then what they would do is use money. This is where I come in. They, they use that power of money. We talk about money every day on this channel. And they will give them money and they would... And have these people go back to the community like black celebrities do. They come back to the hood shining, you know, instead maybe instead of driving a, a Benz, you, you riding a big fancy white horse and you got a nice big top hat on and nice clothes and you got money and all the girls want to be around you. And then the little kids would start looking up to that person instead of looking up to the traditional tribal chiefs. And that was all a deliberate plan. Right. So for black people, that's exactly what you're getting. You're getting uh, th this 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 thing where they have celebrities in a position that where they're so powerful, they could tell you to go to go eat poison, uh, eat rat poison every morning. And a lot of people would do it because they say, well, rat poison works for Beyonce. And then it's, it's got to work for me. And then when somebody steps out and says, hey, you know, rat poison ain't good for you. Don't eat that stuff. Why are you hating? Why are you hating on Beyonce? Why are you hating Bay? You just you just a hater. I'm part of the Beehive. You know, it's like, no, ain't nobody hating. We're just saying that, you know, we should be the guardians of the ideas that matter most to our people, not somebody else. So uh so with Dion, man, I I, I here's what I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. I'm gonna tell you a secret, Joe. I'm really looking forward to watching Dion this year, and I'm looking forward optimistically uh, to see, see if he can really pull off. Same. I mean, what what do you you think you think he can actually get in there and get some wins? I, I think he might be able to pull it off. What do you think? I mean, it it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, they 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 did bring in the number one transfer recruiting class and they had a top 25 recruiting class overall. So I mean he he's got like 50 new players, so it's a new roster, right? The problem is the conference that he's going to ain't no soup sandwiches. I mean, the, the Pac 12 had out of 12 schools, six of them finished in the top 25 last year. So as I mean, it's like it's not, and one of them, USC is bringing back the reigning defending Heisman Trophy, you know, winner, right? So it's like you got to play some tough games, and your non-conference games include uh, Nebraska and I think TCU. And TCU was just in the national championship, and Nebraska got a pretty good coach who was really, really good. He came from the NFL, but he was really good once once upon a time in college, right? So it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot going for him. If they went six and six, it'd probably be a successful season. Now he wouldn't say that publicly or privately because he want he's a winner. He considered himself a winner. But six and six will be a good season. Any more than six wins, I'm shoot. You're shooting through the roof. You're playing with you know because the problem is, it's a different level. I mean, as Dion is a good coach, but at the same time he has deficiencies. Right, he hasn't been coaching very long, and his deficiencies showed specifically in the HBCU national championship games where he played. He coached up against two coaches that combined probably have 50 years worth of coach head coaching experience. And it showed in those games, right? He got exposed in different ways. And so being able to now, instead of going a, bu a bunch of coaches or even teams, well, mainly teams that have inferior talent to you, you're going up against teams who, who have just as good, if not better, coaching staffs and just as good, if not better, for the most part, a lot of them better players, 
See, this is the first time we've seen Dion where his team is either even or below when it comes to talent. Now he'll be even or below, whereas Jackson, he was always above. You know, and, and, and it just is what it is. So that will be interesting. Like I said, I, I wish that, and a lot of people think I hate on them or whatever. It's like, no, I don't hate on them. I just have to speak out against things that are against my people because I understand the word HBCU or Jackson State is just a microcosm for black people. And even if that means uh, not ever getting a, a Deion Sanders jersey, then so be it, man. It just is what it is. But at the end of the day, I'm always right for my people over any any kind of celebrity worship, no matter who you are. And so, but but I do wish them the best in Colorado. I'll be following along in Colorado. I wish I, if they go 12 and 0, it'd be awesome. I'd love to see it. But at the same time, as long as as long as you ain't talking about the black folks, go do your thing with them folks. We all good. We all good. There you go. There you go. Well, I, well, I love it. Well, by the way, everybody, this is Jeff Lysey Jr. from uh, Ball Sports. And uh, and your show is called Victory Formation, right? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. The Victory okay. Formation Sports Show. Yes, sir. We're on there right. every day. We talk a lot about HBCU uh, football mainly, mainly because it's a, it's an industry. It's a growing industry. And it's an industry that needs to continue to be uh, have a light shine on it, even without figures like Ed Reed or Deion Sanders no longer a part of the discussion. I wish they were still a part of the discussion. But they made those decisions not to be. So, you know, it is what it is, but we're, we keep on trucking and, and, and the folks seem to enjoy it. So we do. All right. All right. All right. And uh, everybody, if you want to follow Jeff, uh, look for J lights, seven on Twitter, uh, look for J lights, seven on Instagram. Uh, you got to follow Jeff. He's really good at what he does. And, and I know people that are at the top networks, ESPN, Fox sports, all that Jeff is right there with him. It's only a matter of time. So, uh, so get in on it. Wow. 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 Early and uh, everybody, I want you to also know that if you uh, text the word voice to 31996, you get text alerts when we go live, or uh, also, um, I'll send you stock picks you know, stocks that I believe are going to make money. Uh, I'll send you some stuff on uh, on that text line. So feel free to text the word voice to 31996. And last but not least, I'll be in Los Angeles this weekend, March 10th and 11th the black wealth boot camp so if you want to fly into la and you want to come hang out with us uh, there might be a few passes left over so feel free to go to boycewalkins.com and take a look also at my website there's lots of free stuff uh like we have the five dollar a day investing plan where you can actually give your child a quarter of a million dollars by the time they're 30 years old uh this is a game changer this is how we flip the wealth narrative on its head but you got to make a plan you got to be proactive or as Dion says you got to be a playmaker so uh i'm a I'm, i believe in being a playmaker so that's where Dion and i have a lot in common uh and Again, I don't want to give them a hard time by leaving Jackson. I, I, I get it. You know, uh, you know, HBCUs are complex. Some of those HBCUs do some things that are hard to defend. I'm not going to lie. I've seen it myself when I went to Howard University to interview for a job, and I got interviewed by a Chinese man. And I'll never <laughs> forget that. That was so weird to me. So these things happen, right? So it's not uh, hate. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be watching. I really want to see him succeed at Colorado because I do like the guy. And uh, – do a little bit more. I feel like he could go. I, I feel like he didn't need Colorado, but I totally get it. All right, everybody. Well, so take care and uh, God bless you and have a good night. Thanks a lot, Jeff. It was good to see you, brother. Yes, sir. As always, appreciate it, Doc. All right. Take care, everybody. Peace.